I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds sit in front of microphones to try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. Um, it is episode 161? 63? Good 64, Lord. 6? What? Which, what are we? What are we at? 136. <laughs> there we go. 136. How long do you think we've been doing this? A long A while, time. <laughs> not that long. Good Lord. If you told me we had been already done a 200 episodes, I'd have been like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like my fa- one of my favorite podcasts ended this week and they wrapped it up around 369, I think, or something like that, or right. 370. I was like, oh my God, that's so many podcasts. And then I realized like, oh my God, we're like halfway halfway there. Yeah. Come on, viewership. <laughs> if you would like to check out any of our 163-ish, 36-ish. <laughs> if you want to verify for Caitlin how many episodes we actually have. You can do so on SoundCloud. We live at soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yep. That's where we hang out. If you want to click follow, you will get notifications when new episodes arrive. Yep. Hot out the press. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. The second I get around to doing it. If you are like, that will not do, and I do not want to have to go to a thing. Because listen, as they say on the Rape and Dragon show, winter is coming, y'all. I have... I'm sorry. She didn't know where that was going. I didn't know that they called it that, but that is the most apt name for that show. Well, that was fresh off the dome. I just... What? Patent. Copyright. <laughs> Put a sticker on it. Coming to Sunday nights on H- <laughs> season eight, coming to HBO. <laughs> the this Rape spring. and Dragons show. Rape and Dragons. Boop, boop, boop. Um, winter is coming. It I is. stepped out for groceries today, mm-hmm. just in like my little fleecy zip up oh. and a toque and, and some no. gloves. And I was miserable. Yeah. Sidebar, yesterday was cold and rainy. Yeah. And the peace that will come over you when you look outside and go like, I don't have cereal. I don't have milk. I don't oh. really have anything to bring to work to eat tonight. And then you look outside and you just see that drizzling, pissy rain, cold, yeah. wet leaves on the ground type of shit. And you yeah. look over at the kitchen and you're like, Mm-mm. I got a slightly overripe avocado and some rice. and a." You missed your avocado time? <laughs> the like 10 minutes where it's good to eat <laughs> well there's no frills avocado so it's like oh. 45 seconds it's like <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the walk from the no frills to your home that's <laughs> like if you're not chopping it up as you walk <laughs> fuck you get some brown avocado <laughs> but i was like nah no i'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> sure i could scrape something together we'll have some, we'll have toast for breakfast <laughs> um, i've got mr doodle somewhere and the peace that came over me when i decided not to leave this house <laughs> in that cold ass weather was all consuming and full and just brought joy to my life which is how you will be if you actually um hit subscribe and go to apple Podcasts. because then you don't have to leave your house yeah. Your digital house. Just comes right to you. You know how it gets there? Not by Uber Eats. No, son. Not by Uber Eats. By a magical, enchanted, <gasps> robust. Robust? Swole. <laughs> Thick. <laughs> Thick with four C's. <laughs> Listen, 
your, your man's fills out a pair of apple bottoms. People don't know that about him. <laughs> we don't like to talk about it. But your man Chauncey, Frostilicus Third, Elf of the people. On the back of a rainbow pegasus named Philip, who is also thick. Thick. Because he's got to support all that elfin ass. Yeah. you got to have a robust, swole, thick horse for your robust, swole, thick self. Listen. Not only does he have a sack full of episodes to deliver directly to your ear hole, he's also packing all that ass. Yeah. And the, you know, the uh, love of his people. Which is you, listeners. Yeah. Thank you, Chauncey. We appreciate what you do. Thank you, Chauncey. But of course, you don't just have to go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to any kind of podcasty thing and Chauncey will come to you. Anywhere you get your audio content, your man Chauncey can roll through. Bring in that fire every single week. If you would like to make it weird and ask us more about Chauncey's thickness. I'm sorry. You mean more weird? We're probably not going to answer. But if you're on a social network, you can throw in at Geek Down Pod. And we're probably there. Mostly Twitter. Yeah. But we've got an Instagram, like the cool kids. And we have a Facebook, like the old people. <laughs> we never update our Instagram, also like the cool kids. It's true. Never update our Facebook, also like the old people. <laughs> probably have a finsta we don't even know about it someone made a finsta for the pod that we don't know about probably probably we're not very good with the social media thing nope because we're old too yep and if you want to support this endeavor up financially so we can buy a book about how to market on social media and you know get a third microphone and actually be able to interview people and be weird with them who would ever come on this show anyway if you would like to investigate that with us couple ways you can do that. You can support this effort monthly via our Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash geekdownpod, or buy us a coffee. Or a Ko-Fi. Or a Ko-Fi. Sipping a delicious coffee right now. Look at that. I have tea. KO-FI.com slash geekdownpod. Three bucks. Three bucks Canadian. That is all it is. What is that? Like $2 American? It's like a 77 cents American. It's It's like not even a pound. No, definitely not even a pound sterling. Costs you nothing, and you can do it as much as you want. Once tw- once and never again. Once now, once in three weeks. Whenever you find some stuff in your couch or your pockets before you're doing your laundry. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, here I am doing my laundry, listening to the Geek Down Pod, larfing. <laughs> Laughing away. Having fun. What a so good you, time. You know what? Thanks, Jordan, Kate. Have the money I found in my pants. I find stuff in my pants all the time. So do I. Thankfully, I check them. Actually, fun fact, today I found uh, senior correspondent's Chris debit card that he lost in some pants that he washed. Always like check your he, pants. Like you already replaced it? or uh, Not quite yet, because we knew we were going to find it eventually. My culprit was always the um, paper towel. Or the, oh, or the Kleenex. Or the, yeah. yeah. And that gets everywhere. Less than you'd think. Uh, Less than my ex-girlfriend would want me to believe. <laughs> Wow. Shots fired on that one. You put, you put paper towels in, in your pocket again. It's fine. <laughs> the worst um, I ever did was I left a pen. Oh, that's bad. And that it literally it dotted everything I owned <laughs> with a black pen mark. Ooh. Yeah. Thankfully, I owned a lot of black clothing at the time. I was going through my goth phase. Uh, so it was mostly okay. When did you leave your goth phase? I'm just in a homeless person phase now. Leave it alone. She looked like a hobo, but a color-coordinated hobo. So that's how she differentiates herself from the general 
hobo tree of yeah of Parkdale. And I'm like I'm clean. I'm washed. And I'm not yelling at people in the street. That is true. I had a gentleman in the laundromat this week come up to me and, uh, I believe, inspired by the midterm elections, give me his campaign pitch while simultaneously telling me not to vote for him because he's unreliable and it'll spoil my ballot. (laughs) Um, That sounds amazing. I told him flat to his face, sell crazy somewhere else. (laughs) We're full up here. And he laughed and walked away and talked about how the laundromat is a great place to hang out and get warm. And I'm like, it's a great place to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'm doing. Parkdale. Uh, get the fuck out. Uh, I, I wish uh, you should just like write Parkdale stories. That should be Parkdale Life at Parkdale Life on Instagram. Friends, if you've never like followed that, if you want to get a sense of what life in my hood is like. Yeah. It's not an exaggeration. Go to follow at Parkdale Life on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, basically, Parkdale is a mini Hamilton, and that Hamilton is just, if Parkdale was a lot bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I saw someone, like, they were, they were, someone was uh, feeding pigeons and having the pigeon, like, come onto their hand, Mm -hmm. and then petting the pigeon, and all I could think was, that is so unclean. Like, not the beauty of it, like some sort of Disney princess, just like the diseases that bird must carry yeah. living in downtown <laughs> Hamilton. My, my friend, my friend Doc, who a longtime listener of the show, hey, Doc, it, well, she was in town recently, and she's always delighted by... Parkdale? She never forgotten. Do you think I'd let her come here? No. <laughs> uh, just pigeons. Right. Because she's from Windsor, and I guess I've seen pigeons in Windsor, but apparently, like, they don't congregate like they do right. in Toronto. Um, and it was, like, raining a little bit, and I was walking her to uh, a meeting she had, and we had to, like, walk through, like, a flock of pigeons. Yeah. And the pigeons start getting agitated. And, you know, pigeons don't fly away when you walk through them. They just kind of, like, no. hover a little bit. Yeah. Or they'll hop. How I haven't collided with a pigeon yet after 10 years in Toronto is amazing. amazing but yeah. Um, in that moment, she was a little bit like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You like them now? You think they're cute and funny now? They're sky rats. They yeah. are a vector of disease. Yeah. The, you remember, you know, pigeon pie? No. Okay. Well, there was a thing called pigeon pie in the 1800s. Um, the last pigeon that they used for pigeon pie <laughs> was, has gone, went, 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 went extinct. They don't use these pigeons because these are dirt pigeons. They're yeah, they're really just pieces of garbage with wings. Also, they re- there's a there's a <laughs> there's a herd of them, a flock, <laughs> fuck it, herd of pigeons <laughs> that really uh, love the roof of my building. Yes, only till about nine thirty in the morning. At which point, every day they all leave on mass. Right. So every day at nine thirty, <laughs> I get the <laughs> terrifying sound of death wings just <laughs> flying. <laughs> Coming off of my roof every day at 9.30 a.m. Uh, they don't come on the windowsill anymore. Right, because <laughs> no, no, you have spikes no, on I've, there. I've got the zombie, the zombie apocalypse spike board outside my... outside Because they were shitting all over the front stoop. <laughs> they would sit, sit on my windowsill and shit on the front stoop. Because that's what pigeons do. Oh... <sighs> Thanks for listening to Pigeon Talk with Jordan Kate. <laughs> you know you come here for those hot pigeon takes. Friends, if you haven't noticed, if there is news, we don't care to find it. No, I kind of saw a couple things, but uh, I know it's just so tiring. It's tiring, and I know we said when this show started that we were going to like really you know, tear down fanboy fuckery. I think when we started this, we thought maybe fanboy fuckery wouldn't be a thing that happened like 
like every day constantly. <sighs> so, yeah. It gets really exhausting out here. And you know what? The Democrats took back the House, so let's just, uh, you know. That's one thing. Take the small victory there. and a Tiny, itty-bitty victory. Tiny, itty-bitty victory. Yeah. The Republicans can't pass bills anymore. Well, mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Mitch McConnell's still the devil. So, yeah. Uh, Kate's a little under the weather today. Um, yeah. So, right after uh, I started to heat, like, really heal from my wisdom teeth being extracted, uh, I immediately got a cold. <laughs> like, the day. I was like, oh, I'm feeling better. Then, all like, an hour later, I was like, oh, feel so good. <laughs> um, and now I feel like that, that like... You know when they, in Family Guy, where they do like a takeaway? No. What's it called? Non-sequitur. No, no, they do like a side thing. Like someone will say something and they'll show it happening. Yeah, non-sequitur. Oh. It usually has nothing to do with whatever's happening in the show. Yeah, but they call the whole, it something else. The whole crux of Family Guy. Yeah. They call it something else, though. I can't remember. Anyways, if you know, you can always email us. Um, th- there's one where... Uh, Peter's like, oh, I'm like a lady in an office who just can't get sick right now. And it's just this whole thing of this lady going, oh, I can't get sick right now. I just, I can't get a cold right now. I can't get sick. I'm that lady. Because it is a bad time for me to get sick at work. Uh, I went to the wrong meeting the last week. <laughs> I, yeah. It's not good. And I don't usually do stuff like that, but I did something like that. Because I was cold and on lots of cold medicine. Well, she canceled everything. I did. She had plans. I actually had plans. She canceled them. Though, uh, props to Jacqueline for coming over last night, uh, even though I was super sick and watching girly movies with me. (laughs) It was fantastic. Canceled all her plans, and I said, well, you can cancel the pod, too. And Caitlin was like, no. No. I'm coming to the pod. So thanks for coming and breathing all over that microphone. And Hey, it's my microphone. Guaranteeing that I'm probably going to get sick in the next week. But I wait. It's my microphone. Thanks. I'm not bringing in your microphone. Thanks for that, Kate. If you labeled them, <laughs> then it'd be fine. They are, you have the orange one. I have the red one. I know. And then why are you complaining? You're the one who brought this up. Because I have to handle it after you're going to leave. I will handle it, <laughs> BB. It's not my fault. You have no immune system. I have an amazing immune system. Then you shouldn't get sick from a little itty bitty cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm mostly over it. Given by the given by the the hurt you put on those pumpkin spice wafer cookies, I'm not I'm not confident you're getting the proper nutrition during this time of illness. It's true. I had some guacamole yesterday. Listen, that's like a vegetable. Kate, <laughs> I didn't have time to get groceries last week. <laughs> and Kate was like, "Are there cookies?" <laughs> I said, "No, sweetie, I didn't have time to do groceries. Normally, I like to get snacks for the apartment." <laughs> For the apartment for recording day. But I didn't have time. And the, the heartbreak on her face <laughs> when I said there weren't cookies. I said, well, Jesus Christ, I got to make sure there's fucking cookies this week. And I took a gamble. Oh, but he came through, folks. And saw a, a new variety. We're, we're fans of the wafer cookies, y'all. Snack oh, Talk. Yeah. We know mm-hmm. you love Snack Talk. Yeah. We're fans of just some good some good old like wafer cream cookies. They've, they kind of come back. That, what is it? What What's the, uh, I can't find them. <laughs> The Vortman. Vortman. Well, Vortman's bringing it back. That, that's Canadian. That's a real. That's a real Canadian vibe. Yeah. The Vortmans, and I think because I used to get the cheaper ones because I'm poor, and then you rolled through one day <laughs> with some with some Vortman cream wafers. So they the the wafers used to just come in three flavors: pink. It wasn't even <laughs> strawberry. It was no. pink. It was vanilla and chocolate. Yes. And that was it. And they weren't particularly great. 
But then Vortman stepped to their fucking game, and they had like a mint one. Um, they had a blueberry one. Mr. Vortman was like, "What if <laughs> we added twice as much sugar?" Oh yeah. And the board of directors was like, "Yes." <laughs> But we'll also not put any dairy in them and just use palm oil instead. <laughs> that means Caitlin can eat them and Jordan will get the scoots later. Wow. Also, we're killing the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yep. So, as Caitlin said, yes, n- numerous other flavors. And was not expecting to find a seasonal offering because it's the time. It is. I saw some, pu- some pumpkin spice wafer cookies. I said to myself... I don't know if Caitlin McKinnon rocks with the pumpkin spice, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll 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 take a risk on that. Listeners, forty five seconds she was in this apartment, maybe. <laughs> she had gone to her seat, which is adjacent to the kitchen area. Mm-hmm. And I heard, Are those fucking pumpkin spice cookies? <laughs> I said, Yes, Caitlin. <laughs> Can I have some I didn't I didn't buy them for me. Um she took that as a full endorsement. <laughs> I've eaten almost all of them. To like a fucking rabid baboon just tear <laughs> open that bag. So apparently, Caitlin McKinnon does fuck with the pumpkin spice like that. I am such a basic bitch. And I'm okay Speak with that. It. I am okay being a basic bitch. There's some great things about being a basic bitch. I can just enjoy pumpkin spice and not worry about it. Like when people are judging me. I'm like, I don't care. You can judge me. Like, what up? Red, red cup season, bitch. Mm. <laughs> Um, I like a vanilla scented candle. I like fairy lights. Suck it. Like. What is a fairy light? It's like those little white lights that you can string up in your dorm room or in your <laughs> apartment. <laughs> oh my God. Do you have those? Did I miss that? Well, no, I was over no, no, I don't have them now, but I mean, definitely in my twenties, they were all over my apartment. <laughs> I was like anywhere I could put fairy lights. There were fairy lights. Again. You're like, wow. Is it like Christmas in here all year round? I'm like, no, I just love fairy lights. I had flower fairy lights that were amazing. Um, I have little TARDIS ones. <laughs> Which amazing, which I put up during the holiday season. But yeah, totally. Love fairy lights. Now, the one thing I, I, um, I just makes me a little frustrated are those signs that say live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like <laughs> when they, when they initially came out with live, laugh, love, like it's like a, a basically a nice sentiment. But now, it's got to a point where when Dollarama is putting it on shit, that's when you need to find some other, find some other things, some other sayings. Like, I don't know. I'm not good at coming up with these things. I'm not a writer. But just live, laugh, love is just a little, it's just, it's just over the line for me. <laughs> what three activities would you suggest instead? Instead of live, laugh, love? Live, living, laughing, and loving. Um, eat. Eat, sit. Watch TV. Eat, sit, read. Eat, sit, read. Um, ooh, eat tea, read. It sounds like you're eating tea. Oh, okay, right. Even if I put a comma in there? Snacks, tea, read. Ooh, snacks, tea, read. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Snacks, tea, read. Put that on uh, some sort of... Fuck your live, laugh, love. Wooden board. <laughs> <laughs> Some engraved, <laughs> some, some, some etched, yeah, some etched piece of plywood that you have hanging in your front hallway. Yeah, that's what I want. Um, bless this mess. That's my oh. That's like old lady, like ba- that's oh. basic old lady. That's not like yeah. Love, but I, bless this mess is whew. 
Bless us. I'm I'm down for that. I, I'll get that. Someone crochet that for me onto a tea cozy. I'm good. Oh, best edgy crochet I ever saw. Please don't do coke in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, I actually I enjoy those quite a bit. They almost made me want to crochet, but not too much. But not too much. Because then I can't stuff cookies into my face. Friends. Yes, Jordan. The Downtown Toronto Record Show was last weekend. Oh, yeah. How did that go? Oh, wait. I know how it went because I saw your Instagram. What? Yeah. When have you ever seen my Instagram? Um, I don't know. People keep on adding me, which I kind of want to tell them, like, there's only one picture on here and there's never probably going to be any others. Yeah, I almost added you in something and I was like, what is the point? Somebody's yeah. just going to go. They're going to see that one picture of a flower and be like, is this even her? Or Yeah. And then I keep on, but because my phone is new, my phone keeps on being like... First of all, Pinterest, you need to calm the fuck down. I don't need 17 messages a day about Pinterest, okay? I don't care about these pins. You think I do, but I don't. <laughs> this is like multiple shots at Pinterest. I just, they need to, they need to an, calm down. ongoing concern. I'm sure you have settings in your profile that you yeah, can... But what happened was I had those settings set up. It was like maybe, maybe a pin a week where it was like, you might be interested in this pin. And I'd be like, I am interested in this pin or go away. Um, but because I have a new phone, Pinterest is fucking blowing up my phone. And then <laughs> Twitter is like, you might like these tweets or whatever it says. Mm. Tweet, tweet. And I'm just like, no. And Why does Twitter think I care about what other people are doing on Twitter? I mean... I, have I get this thing where, like, you know, three of your followers like this photo from someone you don't follow right. and don't care about. Oh, yeah, no, like, Twitter. What? No, Twitter, relax. Twitter, I don't understand. I get I get really frustrated with Twitter because I want to see it chronologically. The same with Facebook. It's fucking mess. It drives me nuts. I fucking, even this morning, this is my old man versus social media moment <laughs> this morning. I saw something that I glanced at and went, oh, that'd be cool. But I, like, I inadvertently, because I don't use, the app is a fucking resource hog. Right. On your phone. It's the devil. The fucking Facebook app is, we'll just, what's that? Would you like five songs and the Facebook app on your phone? That, yeah. That's literally all you'll have room for if you install the <laughs> Facebook app. So I just use mobile web for oh, it because okay. you get everything. Everything works fine. Um, but I inadvertently hit something. And went, oh, shit. And then hit the back button and it reloaded the page and everything that was there the first time is fucking poof, gone. gone. I don't remember who posted it or what it was. And I was like, what was I trying to find now before? You, and you will never find it. Nope. It's gone. Um, which is really frustrating. And that's what I find really frustrating about Twitter is it, I'm just like, give it to me chronologically. I just want it chronologically because I like things organized. Anyways. So then Twitter's going crazy. Um... Facebook, not as much because I like immediately was like, nope, nope, nope. But Instagram, I I had all my settings basically turned off because I'm never on there. And now they want me to follow people and they're, uh, people are following me and I don't know what's going on and I'm feeling pressure. And you gotta build that. Look, like you got to build a brand now. Oh, God. I don't. What? Old lady? Is old lady a brand? Can be, yeah. Basic old lady slut. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to call it. That took a turn. <laughs> um, listen, though. I'm not about to encourage you to have... While I'm celebrating your embracing of your basicness... Right. I think what I'm now railing against, this pivot that I'm now railing against, are people who don't seem to realize that they're basic Ooh. and think that they're, like, giving me some social media experience that, like, is not what everyone else is giving me. I've been over this before. Stop taking the fucking... 
videos or boomerangs of your feet walking. Like I have never seen that, I, so I don't know what this is. Don't care but... where you're going. I I don't. I do not care where you're going. Whenever you're at something and you're taking that selfie, you're like mm-mm, with the location in the background, like right. The only time I've ever done that, I'm never in it. It's like, hey, I'm at this record show. Right. Ten seconds. That's it. Like, or you're fucking your workout pose selfies, you know, in the mirror or whatever. Well, that, I can see you're trying to, like, encourage yourself to work out. So I could be, I could see being like. Are you trying to encourage yourself or are you just, hey, everybody, I went to the gym, I'm better than you. Well, maybe maybe it's split down the middle. I know I sound like Eleanor from The Good Place with this line of logic, but. Maybe it's split down the middle. I'm such a cheaty. (laughs) (laughs) There are definitely, I definitely have people that I still follow why, I don't know, um, that are like, you think you're a Kardashian and that like everything you do is worthy of that level of documentation. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just not, your life is not that interesting. Well, that's the thing. I've never found people very interesting. <laughs> so, just blanket fact. Caitlin just doesn't find people interesting. I find what my friends are doing. That's why I like Facebook so much. I just like stalk my friends, and I feel like that they're doing. I'm interested in your friends are still doing things on Facebook for you to keep up with them. Yeah, to any degree. Yeah, it's me, Jordan. <laughs> you, you must understand that my friends, by and large, are also on the inside. Old old people. You and Nana. I mean, I do have, a, uh, like, Stuart Thursby is a super cool friend, and he's, like, all over Twitter and Instagram and doing super artsy things and cool stuff, and I'm like, that's cool. But I'm mostly interested, like, um, uh, shout out to Ren, who, like, does cool stuff and was, like, at a masquerade ball a couple weekends ago, and, like, I, I like looking at that stuff and seeing people have a good time. But I don't, strangers, I don't really <laughs> care what they're doing. Unless it's like a cool, like they want to, they have a good singing voice or are doing something artistic. Oh, I'm, ta- I'm talking about people I know. If they're strangers and I don't know how empty their lives really are, then I'm like, <laughs> then maybe I give them a little more leeway because maybe their lives are that interesting. But no, I know some of y'all. Oh, I see. And your lives are not that interesting. Oh, but they're trying their best to make it seem interesting. Trying your best. Anyway, downtown Toronto record show last week. The. The hook for this, as I've said before, is they have a, a room to the side where it's the $5 room. I even look in the $5 bins. Wow. Because they also have the, like, the distributor of records in Canada is a company called RPM. And RPM sometimes wants to move product Ooh. very quickly Ooh. and get this stuff out of their warehouse. So I'm, they, see, I'm seeing something very interesting over there. Well, that's, no, that's a freebie I got from somewhere else, but. All right. I remember that. We talked about that. Um, yes. So. I took this opportunity and really I like, I put a lot of shit away, but like you're talking like new, I, because of who I am as a person, I was at Sonic Boom later the same day and was looking and saw like everything I bought at the record show, yeah, like 10 to $15 more expensive. That's that's always a nice feeling. Yes. So that's the appeal there. You can either, you can dig, cause the thing is we, I've said this show before it's Steve Buscemi and ghost world. It's like old crusty white dude, balding white dudes. Behind the bins, you know. They can't help being old and white and crusty. And classic loving. rock, punk first pressings, blah, blah, blah. And, like, you see these you see these tables that are just packed with people trying to, like, filter through the bins. And there's one slot that nobody's ever in front of. And your man's gets in where he fits in. 
And that's the funk soul dis- that's the funk soul disc boogie section. Which no one's ever looking there and I go whoop. And I can I can just say one more thing to let sort of give the audience like a sense of what's going on here. His albums are once again encroaching. Motherfucker, on our, I knew you were gonna <laughs> They're encroaching knew, on our space to do this podcast. We have this little ledge. I kept them piled up under here. There's a little ledge and no small it's already respectable stack. I can I can just feel side. it. It's encroaching to my space. The the horrible thing Leah reminded me of, which I which I know, which is always in the back of my head. Yeah. Which is when I ever leave this place. Uh-huh. Somebody, because it ain't going to be me, <laughs> is going to have to move these and get these out of here. It's not going to be you? No. Why? Because I am paying for movers. Oh, I see. Do you see. think I'm ever moving myself again after me, four friends, and my father moved everything into here on the you third floor? Almost all had a stroke. And Chris Kozak almost died lifting <laughs> lifting my TV stand up the fire escape? No. Uh. So, we will be on... If you own a moving company, be prepared. You got about four hundred records. You'll be loading out of here, down three flights of stairs. I think you should just leave the TV stand. <laughs> I probably will. <laughs> probably. Present. Probably will. Enjoy. Um, so it was really an opportunity to get shit that like, because you're always at the record store and you're like, I should have that. Like, I love this record. But I don't want to buy this record. Right. Well, it's twenty seven dollars. It's mm-hmm. like I don't want to spend that right now. Yeah. Will you buy Good Kid, Mad City for fifteen dollars? Fuck yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. And then you listen to it and you go, I'm an idiot. I should have bought this record like a million years ago. Yeah, you're stupid. What's that? Fucking oh. Bjork's homogenic. Yeah. People were really surprised by this one. They're like, you bought Bjork? I was like, listen, I love this record. I always loved this record. Uh-huh. I only ever had it on CD. It's a great record. I think this one was twenty bucks. Caitlin also loves it when records are really heavy. Oh yeah. And this fucker is a slab. Caitlin to really appreciate how heavy this record is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Good. I think it's a 200 gram pressing. That's the, that's the nerdiest record talk this is ever going to get around. <laughs> um, oh. Normally, normally like 180 is the go-to. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's on 180 gram, blah, blah, blah. But this is like 200 gram. I was like, I have a $100 turntable. You know I'm not going to be able to notice any difference <laughs> to this at all. And another one that I caught from the new pile that... I've never been able to justify spending, like, the actual, you know, $25 price tag on it or whatever. Right. Because it's got two songs on it. The songs are, like, 12 minutes long a piece, mm-hmm. but it's only two songs on it. And that is uh, Fela Ransom Cootie's Expensive Shit. Oh, nice. Uh, Afrobeat first heard it uh, sampled on one of Common's albums, I think. That just looks amazing. That was the song uh, Water No Get Enemy. Which is one of my favorite songs of all time. And like I said, it's got expensive shit refers to when Fella got arrested. Fella was Nigerian, I think. Apologies in advance if I'm totally botching that. But he's, he's a saxophonist and songwriter considered the father of Afrobeat. And he was also an activist. And the authorities came and tried to arrest him for weed possession, I think. And they alleged they caught him, like, swallowing weed or something. Right. And... They kept him locked up, waiting for him to pass. They kept collecting his shit and testing it, but he kept swapping out with uh, with the other prisoners. Amazing. So they never found anything. So that's why it's called expensive shit, because you all spent all this money yep. testing my shit, and I got away. And yes, the cover has a bunch of <laughs> topless African ladies behind barbed wire, raising the black fist. What else do you need in your life? Not really much. Also, Fela hates pants. I can understand that. There are multiple press photos of Fela playing a saxophone in his underwear. <laughs> I totally get that. Um, 
And as far as what we got from the expensive piles, oh man, Leon Ware, and the rare group diggers and stuff, they all know Leon Ware. He had like three solo albums. He was an arranger with, uh, did a lot of Marvin Gaye string arrangements and stuff like that. Gorgeous Boogie Funk. And the one that kind of burned my ass, but I mean, fine. Gil Scott Heron, Winter in America. Um, Winter in America is a song I first even discovered the day after Trump got elected. Yeah. And I was listening to that and I was like, well, this is just the right level of depressio I want in my life at this juncture. Amazing. Um, super Hard to Come By came out on a label called Strata East. I've seen it at Cosmos for like $130. Like, right. super small run. This is a repress. Got it for like 30 bucks. And imagine my surprise when the song Winter in America is not on the album Winter in America. That is amazing. The song Winter in America is on another album. Ouch. That is much cheaper, generally, Ooh. than $30 Winter in America. I'm happy to have it. I listen to it. It's a fine album. It has a wonderful song called uh, Your Daddy Loves You, which was a post-divorce song to his uh, he wrote for his daughter. And Gil, Gil Scott has just like this amazing baritone voice that just makes everything delightful. But uh, yeah, that was a pisser because I saw something else I put back and probably would have bought instead of Winter in America if I hadn't just bought that. Read the backs, y'all. And after that, because I have to know, because he said, he said more was coming. Yep. Saw your man, the homie he's at Cosmos Records. And? And we were just having a fine chat for a while. Had, had a looky-loo, you know, whatever. Yeah. I didn't bring anything up. I didn't ask him. We were talking about our history as crate diggers and kind of how we got into it. I came from the show and he hadn't gone because his dog requires a lot of veterinary work. Oh. His, his adorable Bernese Mountain dog puppy. Oh. Um, What's wrong with the dog? Uh, hip problems, you know, type oh. of thing. She's kind of hobbling a little bit. So she keeps going to the vet. And he's just like, that's why I didn't go to the records show because the dog keeps going to the vet. Yeah. Um, and just talking about like showing them what I got, and we were just chit- we were just chit chatting about being growing up, being into hip hop, and how that got us into a crate you know, the the larger crate digging world. And then he said was walking, a couple customers came in, and then I was just flipping through bins. I'd flip through a few other times during that stay, and he was like, hey, hey. "Ooh, like, he gestured." He gestured. I was like, "He's a don't don't do this to me." He's a <sighs> don't do it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to ask. I mean, you mentioned it. he's like, "No, come have a look." None of it was priced. Couldn't get it out yet, but he right. just fucking let me in the back room again. And? Let me have a look. This is the thing with collecting anything. You officially hit that point where, like, the stuff that gets you excited is the stuff you already have. Ah. It's like, <gasps> for you, my tattoo. Yeah, I bought that album, like, three years ago from Cosmos. Um, there was one that I don't know if I'll get. Actually, no, I have it on my phone, so it'll show up from there. It's, it's decent 80s poppy type stuff i don't know what like it's not priced yet so i don't know what he's gonna sell it for right um but for the cover alone jordan unless it's a group of darker gentlemen with one white guy i don't know caitlin aesthetic Ooh. aesthetic this is oceanside okay. by momoko kikuchi that's a great cover where it's just like horizon and her floating on her back in an yeah. ocean with a stripey bathing suit with a stripey bathing suit I don't even know what the interior photos are like. And, like, I do the math. I go on Discogs. Average is about 20 bucks. If you factor in shipping yeah. and exchange, maybe if I was ever going to buy this record, it'd be about 40 bucks. Right. So if Cosmos is selling it for 40 bucks or under, I'll probably cop it. If they're trying to call 50 or 60, mm. then I'm going to pass. Other item of note. Yes. So I mentioned I had that Nujibes record yeah. on the way. Yep. 
This is more nothing to do with records and just more general shots to the Canadian Postal Company, Ooh. who are on strike right now. Well, they're doing and they're doing shifts. rotating yeah. strikes. Now, so like maybe for a week in certain spots, there will be no postal service. Yes, that's fine. That's not my issue. My issue is with the sort of counterintuitiveness of shutting down the main processing center for days at a time, right? And then being like, this center processes like a million packages a day. And we shut it down for two days. So y'all going to wait for your stuff. I'm like, cool. I don't like waiting for my stuff. But I also wouldn't like coming back to work after two days of striking. And having all this and stuff. And looking at the two million more things I have to process. I think it's, it's more a, so it's that... It's an, odd, it's an odd labor tactic, isn't it? I think because they're not allowed to fully shut down. Yeah. They're not allowed. Um, I think it has something to do with keeping it in the news and keeping it people aware of it. I, mean, I get that. Cool. But like I was saying this to like I, I work in process flow. Yeah. And like we got a dozen pallets last night. Yeah. And I was just saying imagine if we had walked off the job and be like we're not doing it. Eh. Yeah. Suck it. You need us. Well see. And then we got another 24 pallets over the next two days and came back to work. But you wouldn't have to process all of that. You would just process what you normally process. Yeah, that, the backlog would not make me happy. No, but it's not your it's not your problem. It's the company's problem. Just seems counterintuitive. Also, gave me my records. Um, so you brought up strike. Mm. This year, are you going on strike, Caitlin? Uh, this year was going to be the year that senior correspondent Chris and I were going to go to the Winter Fair. What's it called? The one at the exhibition. Oh, yeah. I don't remember, but... The Royal Winter Fair. I didn't even have to look it up. It just came <laughs> into my head. I was like, this year, we're going to go, because I've never been before. It was absolutely going to be this year. We're making plans. What even happens at the Royal Winter Fair? Uh, there's lots of animals, and they have, like, horse shows and stuff, and apparently it's awesome. So, and I like animals. So, I was, like, super psyched, and we're getting our plans together, and we're figuring out when we were going to go, and then someone posted on Facebook that the... Now, this regional talk again, uh, but the workers who work at the X are still on strike. They're on the strike since the summer. Right. And that they're bringing in basically like scabs mm. to work at the Royal Winter Fair. And I can't cross a picket line. I just can't do that. It's not okay. Someone was like, uh, does it really matter? I'm like, it does. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> so no Royal Winter Fair this year again. No horsies for Kate. No horsies for Kate. But it's okay. I've got TV instead. Always horsies for Jordan. Because he's playing Red Dead. Red Dead. Nope. Can't do it. Red Dead Debemption. Debemption. Debemption 5. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2. Still playing it. Still delightful. Kate? Yeah. The game is starting to fill me with dread. Because you know something bad's going to happen. It's just not going to end well for anybody in this. In this, I was not expecting... So, mild spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm at, I think, about the halfway point of the main story. And... It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I just hit uh, the game's version of New Orleans. Just Saint-Denis. New Orleans. And... Originally, I kind of stumbled upon it because I'm not doing much exploring in the game, even though it's an open world game. I'm not really going where the game doesn't want me to be yet. Right. Because it's been a sort of mild criticism of the game is like you're 
the game is very slow to dole out all of its secrets, mechanic, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and if you're trying to do stuff, the game will not explain it to you until you encounter whatever mission that it's explicitly explained to you. Okay. Like, I randomly came across some wild horses and knew that that would be a part of the game where you can, like, you know, break horses. Right. And, but it was only my memory of the first game that, that I remembered how to do it. And then uh, there was a thing later on. The The game told me nothing. And there was just a mission later on where, like, you're stealing horses and one breaks off and you have to go get it again. And that's where it explains it. Right. Um, so I hadn't really done much exploring, but I was just randomly wandering around. I saw a bridge and knew it was, like, a fogged off area of the map. And I was like, oh, let me just run in this direction till. Until I reach the edge of the map. Oh, that's where this giant city fucking is. city is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because, <gasps> yeah, it's gorgeous. And it's cobblestone streets and electric streetcars and vaudeville shows and all that Amazing. business. I took a portrait. I went to the portrait studio. Uh, it made me feel, it made me like, well, that sense of dread, it probably has something to do with it, but it, it felt very Bioshock mm. infinite. <laughs> like, like just that weird, everything's happy and nice. And you're like, oh God, it's not. Because the game is a prequel set before the events of the first game. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. The first game starred a guy named John Marston. Mm-hmm. And spoilers for the first Red Dead game, I guess, if you're, <laughs> you know, 10 years too late playing the first Red Dead game. Uh, that game ended with the death of the main character. Huh. John is a supporting character, and he's not the main character in this game, but he's, you know, it's about... Red Dead was about John hunting down his old gang. Right. And you are in said gang oh. in Red Dead 2. You're a guy named Arthur Morgan, who's a member of the Dutch Vanderland gang. Dutch Vanderland is the you know main boss of the first game. Right. Have to tra- track down and kill. At the behest of the federal government or the Pinkerton Def- Detective Agency. Love it. Um, and so John didn't seem like he was going to be much of a... Seemed like he was like an Easter egg, like he's there. Right. But there's a f- lot more than I was expecting about like John and his relationship with his wife which is a big crux of the story. And the reason he does everything in the second game is to like get back to his wife and son Amazing. Um, and to see him earlier at this stage where he's like not a great father to his kid and kind of mm-hmm. like him and Abigail's relationship isn't great type of thing. It just makes you feel because you know how it ends for all of them. Right. And it's like, Oh man, this makes me sad. It's not good. And there was definitely a Arthur's got this woman who like, you know, had one foot too deep in proper society, so it didn't work out for them. But she keeps, you know, calling them whenever she needs some shit. And I just had a moment with her where they, like, went on a date. Bitches be crazy. Bitches be crazy. They went on a date to the vaudeville show, and then they had this, like, you know, she asked him to run away with her. Let's just go right now. And he's like, I need, I got people to look after, and I need money. I got a price on my head. I can't have you in that, blah, blah, blah. But once I get some money, you know, we'll go wherever. And she's like, no, you're never going to. Um, wow. That was... It's like, it's, it's a nice dream, but it's not, it's not going to happen. And I'm just like, it ain't going to... And Arthur is, like, not mentioned in Red Dead 2 or mm-hmm. Red Dead 1 at all. Like, he's a new character. Right. So Arthur probably wasn't around. And I know there's some sort of epilogue to the main story that's, like... I was looking for something else in, like, a Forbes article that was like, we need to talk about the epilogue of Red Dead 2. I was like, okay. No! Do no. we? Not right now. I'm not there yet. So, yeah, there's just a real hovering sense of tragedy as they keep, you know... Every chapter, they, like, have to flee and, like, move camp somewhere. And it's like, you know, you're running out of spots. <laughs> you're running out of places to go. Yeah, That's not good. Tragedy, y'all. Do you want to know what 
you can watch to make yourself feel better. Mm, what do you? You can finish you watching have? Hilda, because <laughs> that is just a lovely show. Birthrall Hilda, did you? Oh, that show is fantastic and gorgeous and wonderful and makes my heart grow like five sizes bigger every time I watch it. And well. can't wait for the second season. And at the end of it, I figured out, I didn't realize this, that they tr- they've they translated it into like 50 languages. <laughs> and they're showing it all over because it makes everyone feel good. Netflix, don't fuck around. Yeah. Also, um, it's a cry fest, but also like a really good uh, chick flick watch, uh, Letters to Juliet. It's good. You will cry. I, I won't. You might. I'm just checking. and Neither of us have watched it, but I'm checking to see if it dropped. I saw an influx of press and promo about it, but I don't know if it's here yet. Shira? Y- yes, Shira. I believe Shira has dropped. Nope, November 13th. Oh, teasing me. Shira is not quite here yet. By the next time we record, oh, yeah. we'll have maybe got some Shira in our lives. Probably. And we will let y'all know about that. Uh, and the only other thing I have in my life is uh, Love Live School Idol Festival. Which continues to fascinate me. All his YouTube videos. My YouTube history is a real. <laughs> it's as, a dark as, hole. As, as Caitlin said, I don't know why I, the first thing I do when Kate gets here is I start looking through. Did I see anything on YouTube this week that I want to show Kate? Um, and it's like as nightmarish as I'm sure showing your browser history to somebody. <laughs> like You really shouldn't be showing your YouTube history to people. Yeah. But yeah, it's like all Love Life videos. Because I'm just fascinated by it because it was one of these things that it was like. I don't even know the order of operations that mm-hmm. came first. I don't know if it was a game first and then they made an anime about it. But either way, they knew they wanted to... It was a rhythm game. Yeah. So there had to be songs. So they had to get singers. Yeah. And, but also actors. Yes. So you have this cast of nine. And as is usual in Japan, they're like grown-ass women voicing you know, high schoolers. Mm-hmm. But then they would like have to go out and do concerts in like cosplay of the show Amazing. for like 40,000 people and like the main character I don't know her full name I know her nickname's Emitsun uh she voiced the main character Honoka of the first iteration of Love Lives there's apparently been like three at this point wow um for the group Muse my joke is that you know English rock band Muse has a new album out <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to be on I just want to be on Twitter like this is the only Muse I recognize <laughs> It's a shot, shot of the Love Live Idol group. Um, but yeah, she's like, she's not the sort of person, she's adorable, I love her, but she's like not the sort of person that like, she wouldn't be an idol normally. You know, she's a little, by idol standards, shove Which she is not. She's for just idol standards. Round. For idol standards. I know. And, and definitely doing it for the round face girls out there. We rock. Shouts to the round face girls. Um it's not an environment she would be in normally. Like, that's not the path her career would have taken, taken yeah. right? Like, she just wanted to voice act. And now she's got a lead sing for 40,000 screaming dudes. And a handful <laughs> of ladies. Hopping around. <laughs> yeah. Jogging in place, hopping around. It's like, what a life. Yeah. What a life for young Emmett soon. I'm just, I'm just fascinated that that's it. And they've done this like three times. And I haven't even looked into uh, uh, Aqua. It's spelled aquars, but they pronounce it aqua. I don't know. Japan's sure. weird. Sure. Japan is weird. But we love you, Japan. Um, and also, but it has given me insight into this book I'm technically working on, so I consider it research. Love it. I'm going to get that Uber or Nozomi eventually. Amazing. <laughs> Do you have anything else? 
No, I've been playing a shape game, but that's all. A shape game? Yeah. What's a shape game? Where you basically fit the shapes into a square. You look so ashamed by this right now. <laughs> it's an old lady thing to do. <laughs> you look like you were... There look, were... That's the look of somebody who was not going to bring this up and <laughs> decided at the last minute. And then the second she opened her mouth, decided it was a mistake. <laughs> but the there, train's already out of the there station. There are two games I have on my phone. Crosswords, because I'm learning to do crosswords. And the shape game. Because I want to improve my spatial sense. <laughs> you want to learn shapes. Yeah. Um, hey, that's fine. The only game I have on my phone is Duolingo. <laughs> I don't have any game games on my phone. Yeah, but I don't have, like, I, there was that time I got super addicted to SimCity Build It, so I had to stop and remove it from everything. Well, that's me with this fucking Love Live game. I play the Love Live game at work yeah. with headphones, uh-huh. but the sense of just the pressing silence that I feel when like once it's over and yeah. like the, the flurry of tapping shit is done and it's just like the silence just uh, eats away. I just you. feel the people behind me at the lunch table just like wondering like, what is he doing? Here? <laughs> Cause, hey, because the- all they hear from the lunch table is I'm not even, I'm not even that good. That's much faster than I can actually play. Um, I'm sure they're just wondering what is that? idiot doing in there i'm still haunted by the sounds of building materials and builders in the background (laughs) like still haunted it's been like two three years and i'm still like some city building every so often (laughs) by construction site she starts tweaking yeah (laughs) Uh. well on that note caitlin's still got about six cookies left to eat so we're gonna take a break right here (laughs) and i got cookies to eat too i got some lemon creams i gotta get into so (laughs) what bite your tongue sort this out we don't need to bring this on mike <laughs> join the apple join the apple debate there is no debate honey crisp apparently are the best even though they were just manufactured to be that way and people hate growing them and that's what that article was about send me this stupid article about honey crisp the greatest apple ever yeah because they were manufactured but macintoshes are just naturally amazing They, they can't hear you. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> they probably can. Garbage freak apple. Shut your face. Can you hear that? <laughs> Shut your fucking face. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the program. This is the part of the show where Caitlin and I talk about the things we brought each other and friends. Yeah, that's one. Friends. November Crapathon rolls on. Oh, it does. Boy, does it. Slowly and surely. We may be regretting this decision this week, but we'll get into that in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) But before we do, we have rules. There are rules. Even though this is November Crapathon and we've just thrown all good taste of the window with still, the terrible weather outside has to have some modicum of order a little to keep things from going completely off the rails first rule the rule of three which is the rule that we will if the thing comes in parts or episodes or chapters we will 
read, watch, consume three of the chapters, episodes, whatnot, to get a sense of what the thing is trying to become. Just, you know, give it a chance. Yeah. To but, be whatever it's going to be. But again, it does not matter this week. Two movies. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. Movies. Movies. <laughs> Second rule. Hashtag save it for the pod. Almost slipped up on this one this week. So many times. So many times. November Crabathon is going to be real hard to oh, adhere to rule two. So hard. For Caitlin and I had many moments we wanted to scream at each other. There was also also moments where I was rewatching the thing and that I gave Jordan where oh, I wanted to like yell at him. Most and... most deaf. Oh yeah. Not just, here's the thing about here's the thing about November Crapathon. Sometimes you just want to scream. We want to scream at each other about the things we gave the other person. Yeah, can't do that either. Yeah, but the rule is is that we don't talk about the thing until we are sitting in front of these microphones, so that you guys can get the freshest of takes on the not so fresh content we are watching this week. Because the the stuff is old. Oh yeah, so old. So but, old. These takes, yeah. oh, friends, the take guns are just locked and loaded. They are ready to fire off, but we got to hold it. Hold it in. We got to hold it for y'all because we care about you mm-hmm. and this product that we deliver to you that much. Third rule, not so much a rule as a policy. Spoilers? Who cares? Like, this stuff is not really spoilery, and it's really, if you haven't watched it now, you're never going to watch it. You're never going to watch it. You're just here for the conversation. Yeah. You might watch it afterwards, because you want to see how impossibly bad these (laughs) things are, but really, you didn't care. So, we like to alternate. Yep. So, we're going to start with the thing I gave Caitlin. Mm Mm-hmm. Before everything, this may not be the last time this happens during November Crapathon. Yeah. Caitlin? Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. There are things that you remember... From when you were younger. Yep. That you think were great. Mm-hmm. And then you go to rewatch them. And sometimes they're double impact. And you go, this is fucking <laughs> awesome. And sometimes they're Weird Al's movie UHF. Yeah. And you go, oh. Oh. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> uh, Which is what happened here. Mm-hmm. If you are unfamiliar, UHF... If you're familiar with what UHF is, I feel like we're going to have to explain a lot about old technology for the kids this episode. Uh, UHF came out in 1989, released international as The Vidiot from UHF. Mm, fun Ooh. facts. Is a, ni- is a 1989 American comedy <laughs> film. Again, quote. St- Weird Al Yankovic, some guy I never heard of. Fran Drescher, SNL's Victoria Jackson, a bunch of other people. Michael Richards, Kramer from Seinfeld. And a bunch of other people you've never heard of. Uh, like I said, it came out in 1989 at kind of the peak of Weird Alness. If you don't know who Weird Al is, he's come up on the show before. He was a song par- parodist. parodist? Par- he's the f- he was the first, really. One of. Um, taking popular music. Yeah. You know, number one on the Billboard charts and then writing ridiculous songs. I would say early 90s was peak Weird Al. No. Gangster's, par- Gangster's Paradise? When he, did, when he did Thriller. Okay. All right. He, okay. He did, he did Eat It yeah. instead of Beat It in... In the early 80s, and that's what broke him. And he did, like, a surgeon instead of, like, a virgin. Like, yeah. early MTV. And he did videos as well. That was yes. the other thing. He did music videos that were... He would get the same video directors. He would get the same casting. Like, he would... It, it must his, be his, be... his attention to detail was and the amazing. parody yeah. was... That's what really broke him apart and, like, made his career on that level. Um, I guess it's because in my... As a kid, I knew Weird Al in the 90s. Right. Because I was basically a baby in the 80s. Um, so this 
movie was co-written by Yankovic and his manager, Jay Levy, who also directed. Uh, Yankovic stars as George Newman, a shiftless dreamer who stumbles into managing a low-budget television station and surprisingly finds success with his eclectic programming choices, in part spearheaded by the antics of a janitor-turned-television children's television host named Stanley Spadowski. He provokes the ire of a major network station that dislikes the competition. The title refers to Ultra High Frequency, or UHF, analog television broadcasting band on which such low-budget television stations were often placed in the United States. So basically, when you had an old-timey TV back in the day, yep. it had two dials. Do we have old-timey music for behind here? Like a da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Victrola. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> back in the day, we're going back with Uncle George. Your old timey television had two dials on it. Yeah, one dial had like channels two through thirteen. Mm-hmm. Those were the network stations: ABC, CBC, CTV. The, the big guys. They were all your big three, big three networks because there were only like three or four back then. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm so old. You are so old. And then you had from like channel 14 to 60 something, mm-hmm. and those were the UHF stations. Usually showed reruns. Didn't have news. Um, you know, that's where you watch your reruns of your after school reruns type of thing. Yeah. Um, and that is what they are poking fun at here they're on channel 62 which is basically like the last edge of this dial oh yeah where it would live um i think that's enough of the old timey music hope you enjoyed that break <laughs> that's what they're talking about here uh basically who cares this is ali yankovic giving him an excuse to do a bunch of small little jokey bits plot who cares um uh, the weird thing is i'd seen bits of this and i didn't know that's what i had seen (laughs) um and i like you just have a sheen of things from when you were a kid that you remember like i've mentioned on the show before like every man at some point has gone through a weird al phase where they thought weird al was just great and we did as well so i was like i was literally like i'll probably like 11 years old right when this movie came out Mm -hmm. and you know we loved it thought it was fucking hysterical right i went back to watch this movie now and it is not (laughs) it did get a couple laughs out of me still yeah stuff i stuff i remember um because basically like they have no they just start throwing on whatever yeah like he his uncle has this owns the station or won the station he won the station in a game in a a card game he's a gambler yeah um he wins the station he hasn't you know want to do anything with it he's about to sell it but it's like oh why don't you try you know give it to our shiftless nephew and see if he can do anything with it yeah and he can't and it inadvertently just lets this janitor played by michael richards who clearly has some sort of like severe learning disabilities (laughs) that boy ain't right as they used to say yeah uh but has like a good heart (laughs) sure um Throw him on television because he doesn't care, and just his his strange, unhinged monologues and enthusiasm apparently captures the imagination of the entire town. Yeah, town community community is very important. We have no idea where this movie takes place. No, somewhere on the west coast. Is it California? Is it Nevada? Is it Oregon? We'll never know. I never know. 
And suddenly, Channel 62's top of the ratings. Somehow. And this just gives them an excuse to throw a bunch of show parodies at you, rapid fire, and commercial parodies. Yeah. And movie parodies. As, Six as World. Fake, as fake commercials. Yeah. Um, and you get to see some of the shows that are airing on Channel 62, some of which did make me laugh. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Wheel of Fish, not funny. I thought Wheel of Fish was delightful. Wheel of Fish was funny? Except, you know, there was that, you know, all the racism around... Oh, oh yeah. Around uh, his Asian actors. Questionable Asian descent. Yeah. His name is Cooney, which is not a name that I think has ever existed. Well, that, that in, doesn't even matter. But, like, Asia. the the fake accent and, and all of that, I'm just like, oh, 89. Uh, Rafael Alvarez's Wild Kingdom was was my personal favorite from all of that. Um, I didn't know that's where We Don't Need No Stinking Badgers came from. Badgers, yes. But that in itself. And this is the problem with this movie as well. Yeah. It's a parody that came out in the 80s. So yeah. it's parodying things. From the 80s. From the 80s. So, I mean, you would have to know... That Blazing Saddles yes. has the We Don't Need No Stinking Badges yes. line. But I just, I didn't know, like I'd seen the We know You'd We Don't Need. Badgers before? Yeah, and I didn't know where that came from. I, I had seen, I don't know if it was uh, Kayam or Senior Crown of Chris. Somebody showed me the spatula thing. I think it was Kayam. He sent me like the spatula. Spatula City. Yeah, Spatula City. Um because he gave his nephew a spatula and thought this was like the funniest thing. I didn't quite get it. Um, so I'd seen that. I'd seen the parody video of, I can't remember what rock song. Oh, that. God. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to know the old ass oh, fucking yeah. Dire Straits. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Where the world's first CGI oh. computer animation. Oh. oh it's just gross. Oh. It um, makes my insides twitch. All of um, that had a funny... I did laugh when there was clearly the bit where they were making fun of the quick cut of the cameras. And he, yeah. didn't, he didn't know where he was supposed to be looking. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, did Conan the Librarian make you laugh? Yes. Okay. I howled actually at Conan I the Librarian. I forgot about Conan the Librarian. I forgot about Conan the Librarian and Gandhi 2. And both of those okay. made me laugh my Gandhi 2 was amazing because it was so ridiculous. Like that was funny. Um, there were bits that were like funny. Um, the guy who played his friend Bob, <laughs> great actor actually, like was really good. Um, weird Al, like it was weird because he would have he'd be fine and then he'd weird Al it up. And, and when he just like when, when Stop. he weird, yeah, exactly right. When he weird Al's it, it's like and he's like yelling and screaming and bashing his head, or he's like, just hit me with this crowbar, and you're like, God, Al, just you, calm you down, need to chill. But when he was man. chilled, he, he was fine. It was great. Um. Or like, like you couldn't show this movie. This movie is a relic. Like you couldn't oh, show this absolutely. movie. I'm borderline pushing it, showing it to you. I could definitely yeah. not show it to anyone younger than you and expect oh. them to like find anything funny in it. Like no. Gandhi Two is funny just because it's like, oh, it's Gandhi on a revenge thing, but it's poking fun at like the most pointless sequel you could possibly make. Like yes. there, there is a. It's the only moment in the movie where there's like an extra layer of something on yeah. top of there, where it's like a smart funny instead of the broad stupid funny that it's doing. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, but there's like those, like, but I, I just, there are all these things I didn't know where they came from, like the supplies thing, which in itself is racist, but like all the boys were doing supplies when, instead of surprise, when all the Asian karate, uh, guys from the studio. Oh, when they rescue him at the end. Yeah. And I didn't even catch that. Oh, and the door says supplies. And that's, yeah, exactly. It's like stupid, but I'm like, oh, that's where all these 
eight-year-old boys got it from because their dads probably showed them this That's stupid where the movie. Casual racism came from. Yeah, it was so. There's been there was a bunch of stuff in I, there. I to this day still yell, "You're so stupid!" at people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, like she picked the box. What's in the box? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> See, and she could have had that red snapper. Um, yeah, a red snapper. It's a delicious, yeah. very tasty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were things in this movie that I thought were great. There were things in this movie that I was like, these are weird choices. Luke Spencer from General Hospital plays the like, <laughs> and the evil guy is just so evil. He's lit- he's lit- he's not even one note. He's like no. his job is just to be evil and laugh and have an evil laugh. Um. Although the first like listen. I'm not joking, y'all. It was a slog. Like, <laughs> I started rewatching it, and I was like, oh, my God. This thing is fucking terrible. I was, I swear to God, three minutes into the movie, and senior correspondent Chris was like, oh, my God. Is that UHF? Are you watching UHF? I was like, shut up. Stop. No. You have things to do today. You cannot watch this with me. No going commentary. It was the moment where... The moment where I was like, oh, there might be hope for this was when, like, one of the network head's underlings came in yeah, to deliver some bad news and is, for no reason, wearing a giant stupid cowboy hat. And he says, take that stupid thing off, and he takes the mustache off. <laughs> pulls his mustache off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, saw that coming a mile away, <laughs> but but we may have something here. Yeah. And then, no, nothing. nothing no. Ever. No. <laughs> nothing and ever then the mad scientist is an alien... Yes, that's yes. Luke Spencer from, from General <laughs> Hospital. People might not know that was actually him in that role. Yeah, probably the only movie that poor guy ever got. Yeah, um, he did great with the thing he was given. Like he really worked. But it's it. it's funny you bring up you bring up an interesting point. Like as terrible as this movie is, yeah, it has kind of cast a long shadow. Yeah, there's all kinds of things in there. I that... remember I used to watch R.I.P.s to this day. Still one of my favorite shows, Attack of the Show on right. G4 back yeah. in the day. I used to love that show. And when the longtime host, Kevin Pereira, was leaving, they basically, like, for, like, two weeks, because he was the fixture, he was mm-hmm. the he was the guy, you know, other hosts would come and go, but he had always been there, and it was, like, they did whatever he wanted to do, and he did the whole fucking, like, find the marble in the oatmeal bit. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. With, with a couple of the other correspondents. I mean, it's basically an excuse to put, have girls root around in oatmeal, but... Bleh. That part was gross, but that's why he wanted to do it. Right. And he came out in the fucking, like, little cowboy hat and stuff. Like, he was just, he wanted to do the oatmeal bit from and UHF. I, and I love that the prizes you get to drink from the Viros. Like, oh, that kind of weirdness just I love. Shoot this, shoot this child with a full pressure. Uh, um, And the celebrity mud wrestling with... um <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> yes. But again, like, we're right on the edge where, like, you would have any cultural awareness of... Gorbachev. Like, yeah, but nobody's going to know that. Um, so it's interesting because, I, like, I know nothing about the greater impact of this mm-hmm. ridiculous movie. Which, by the way, is on. We found it on uh, Hoopla. Only if you're in Toronto, though. Not if you're in the Hamilton oh, area. Oh, really? Yeah. Gotta have a Toronto library card. Well, yeah. if you're in Toronto, get on that. You can get that for cheap as free. So it it received mixed apparently, but it test screened very well. Interesting. And I bet they had a room full of 10-year-old boys. <laughs> probably. And this was released by now defunct studio Orion Pictures. And apparently oh, Orion. Orion Pictures thought this would be the movie to save their studio and really like bail them out. You're kidding. I am not kidding. Orion Pictures released it on July 21st, 1989 as a hopeful summer blockbuster, hoping it would pull them out of the water. 
However, critical response was negative, and it was out of theaters by the end of the month. Oof. The film has been compared to Young Einstein, which, is that a Yahoo Serious movie? <laughs> is Yahoo Serious in that? Sidebar, because I was just wondering, am I going to get Drop Dead Fred this? Do you know what Drop Dead Fred is? No. Oh, Drop Dead Fred really seems like a movie that Caitlin McKinnon would have seen at some point in her life. I don't think so. Interesting. I feel I have to watch this now. Okay, well then check that out on your own time, and then get back to me, because I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yankovic has stated it was not a critic movie. Um, it also had the unfortunate destiny of being released during the same summer as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, Batman, ooh, <laughs> License yeah. to Kill, When Harry Met Sally, and Weekend at Bernie's. Ooh. So. Ooh. That was doomed. In a, in a retroactive uh, review, the, UH, the AV Club called UHF a sapling among the Redwoods. Oh. Ouch. It was not going to go well Mm-mm. for this movie at that time. Mm-mm. But it does, for those of us who saw it, even if we go back and look at it now and go like, this is garbage. garbage. There's still these little moments. I guarantee you, Mr. Malash will get around to this episode and he will just immediately want to watch UHF again. That's a 41-year-old man. Yeah. Uh, see, Chris Hospondent Chris was literally going to, like, his whole day was going to be trash because he was going to sit there and watch it with me. I was like, no, you got to get out of here. You have things you got to do. When's the last time he watched it? Does he know it's bad? Um. Oh, he probably knows it's terrible, but he, like me, he just has some things that he knows is trash and he loves. Listen, throw UHF Weird Al on YouTube. You can probably find some clips of the best parts. Oh, yeah. Watch that. Check that out. Yeah. Um, what are we calling it? Punch kicks? Yeah. How many? So bearing in mind, yeah. to reiterate, it's mm-hmm. a different sort of rating system. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's bad going in. Yeah. Whether or not you can still get any enjoyment out of it despite knowing it's bad. That's yeah. the scale we're on. Yeah. Um, oh, seven. That is far higher than I oh, would have given like, this. Ev- like all the, the crazy like clips of what they're going to be playing, the stupid game shows, like even when he's making the board of like what their programming is going to be was that was all funny. Like it was that was funny. The wide world of phlegm. Yeah. Like some guy who can swallow his own head. Like it just these <laughs> weird like bits and pieces and i i don't know i just i really enjoyed that i like the weird um spatula world is a classic that is fantastic um and what better way to say i love you than with the gift of a spatula um uh and the president of spatula world, i love a spatula so much i bought the company <laughs> clearly reading off a cue card <laughs> um i just you know, that stuff's really good. Now, the in-between stuff and when your Weird Al gets Weird Al, that you're like, please stop. Um, but that's not, that's, you know, not very much in there. So there's good things in there. There's good stuff. There's stuff that you can enjoy. And I don't know. I I like weird things and they make me laugh. I'm glad you got some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Mm. So you were uh, around 10 when Weird Al came out. Mm. And I was around 10 when The Cable Guy came out. We like to keep themes. We're discovering we like to keep themes going for for November Crapathon. Oh, yeah. It's, we, the, it's, it's the, the only t- way to do it, really. It's the TV themed. Mm-hmm. So, um, The Cable Guy was definitely a show I saw on television a couple times. I did not own it. Um, I sat, I probably grabbed snacks during the commercials. Um... And it's definitely a weird one. Uh, the Cable Guy is a 1996 American black comedy film directed 
which I did not know by Ben Stiller. Oh, you didn't know that? I had no idea when I was looking this up because I didn't know anything. I saw it when I was, you know, 10, 11, right? Like, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, starring Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick. It was released in the United States, blah, 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 June 14, 1996. Again, a summer one. Uh, the film co-stars Leslie Mann, Jack Black, George Segal, Diane Baker, Eric Roberts, Owen Wilson, Janine Garofalo, David Cross, Andy Dick, Amy Stiller, and Bob, Oden- Bob Odenkirk. So, like, it's this really big cast. Yes. I don't know how they got roped into it. <laughs> um, it was also produced by Judd Apatow. Which I did not know. Yep. Uh, and it did pretty well, actually, at the box office. Um, Jim Carrey has, had come off doing a whole bunch of films. Um, and that was probably why I wanted to see it. And I remember distinctly from the trailers seeing the um, Silence of the Lamb part with the mm. chicken skin. And yes. as a child, thought this was hilarious. Um, so despite a modest commercial reception, the movie received mixed reviews. Not surprising. Over the years, the film has been considered by many as one of the most underrated works of Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller. We will talk about that. Um, now the plot. After a failed marriage proposal to his girlfriend, Robin Harris, Stephen M. Kovacs moves into his own apartment. Taking advice from his friend Rick, Stephen bribes cable guy Ernie Chip Douglas to give him free movie channels, which he does after fixing Stephen's television um, and trying to figure out some electrical problems. From things... From here, things take a wild turn. Chip basically blackmails Steve Stephen into being friends with them. Yes. Um, then when Stephen pushes back because Chip is insane, uh, <laughs> then frames him and uh, Stephen gets sent to jail. Um, and basically, Chip stalks Stephen um, and his and his girlfriend, girlfriend. ruins his life. Eventually kidnaps his girlfriend, holds her hostage, mm. and uh, Stephen has to attack Chip, who, which is not his real name. No. Um, Never get his real name. To, to save her. Um, all throughout, there is insanity and Jim Carrey, like on full Jim Carrey. Um, I don't really know what much to say about this movie. It definitely wasn't as funny as when that what I remember. Um it was another theme of the episode. <laughs> it was weird, as I remember when I was uh, eleven year old. This movie was hilarious. <laughs> um, all of the scene at medieval times was like a riot. Um, but Jordan, what did you think? What are your impressions of this film? Cable guy. Sorry. <clears throat> we we really we really did that as a culture, right? We did that. Yeah, we 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 let Jim Carrey be a thing. Yes, we did that version of Jim Carrey. I'm oh, not, I'm not gonna say Jim Carrey didn't work out in the end. Um, I'm gonna say probably the best Jim Carrey from the '90s was The Mask. Sure. I was asking where do we know where this positions on this wasn't first. He, this was like I was, according to my own wicking, he got he got twenty million for this, so he was established by this point. It was his biggest payday. Yes, and so this it, was post mask. This was post Ace Ventura. Post post mask. It might have been in between the Ace Venturas. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe he had to go back and do the second one to <laughs> to, to recoup. Um, yeah, not to say that Jim Carrey didn't work out in the end, but this this was clearly like. Like we did this, we let this happen. Oh yeah, we did this. Ver- this version, we, and this is probably hadn't seen. You know, obviously had an awareness of this. I was cognizant of 
the culture yes at this stage i was probably in i was in high school um and knew that like this movie was regarded as you know a failure critically anyway it made some money but people were like this is not a good movie um and threatened to like derail him in the his momentum in the moment right but even just the like the lead up to that movie he is a high schooler just watching that being like no (laughs) no the same for me Mm -mm. like this is what you're pushing right now popular culture like i'm not no the first biting the first moment when you realize that like culture is kind of the mainstream culture is kind of leaving you behind like you're, right. you're not rocking with it anymore no. for kate this probably came when in middle school where somebody found that you know maggie smith picture in her locker and you know what that hurts maggie oh. smith is great sorry it was judy dench no it was maggie smith it was maggie smith <laughs> i am here for maggie smith <laughs> um <laughs> somebody was like i like barbie <laughs> Kate was like have you met maggie smith uh, dame the, maggie smith these are this is my sherlock collection <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, what a joyless viewing experience <laughs> this was. Uh, was there any part that made you laugh at all? One part. Because I did pay attention to, again, you know, awareness of this movie yeah. from when it was originally released. I paid attention to the credits and I was like, who wrote this? Mm-hmm. And it was some guy I'd never heard of. And apparently, also according to Wikipedia and Mental Floss lists or whatever, like, his name is basically on there as a Writer's Guild thing. Like, right. It was Apatow and Stiller who wrote this. Right. Like, but he had the first draft, so he got mm-hmm. you know, the writer credit on it. And there was definitely a moment. There is a thing that threads throughout the movie about a twin murder yes. in a trial. Yes. That ultimately... <laughs> Is this supposed to be commentary? I don't know. <laughs> you see, like, I, I don't dur- think so. during the climax of the movie, everybody is tuning in to watch the verdict yeah. on this twin who was accused of shooting his, uh, killing his other brother. Yeah, and this is the moment where Jim Carrey is like plummeting to his death. Quotes as he yeah. falls off a satellite dish and hits, you know, some transmitter and knocks out everybody's cable, so nobody gets the nobody the gets the verdict. Yeah, which then prompts one of the viewers, a young Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. <laughs> To pick up a book. <laughs> you try reading, y'all. Why don't you try reading? <laughs> Some social commentary from your pals Judd Apatow and Beth Stiller. Um, there's dev- so you'd see these little news briefs throughout yeah. the movie about the trial. And I mean, having never seen the movie, I'm like, why are we wasting our time on this? Yeah. Not knowing that it was ultimately going to be a thing at the end of it. But there's definitely a scene where Ben Stiller plays the twins. Yep. And they were child stars. Mm-hmm. And one joined a cult. And then another one, like, you know, was like the typical child star, like Skid Row. Ended up on Skid Row type yeah. thing. And it's like, today today the court heard the 911 call. And it's Ben Stiller and that Ben Stiller voice being like, some Asian gang <laughs> killed my brother. They were speaking a language. I think it was Asian. <laughs> Oh, uh, 90, 90s racism. You're a different type of racism, too. Um, God. What a weird, weird decades-old Asian racism on this episode, too. I'm just finding so many threads. <laughs> that was the only thing that made me laugh in a just kind of like, oh, uh, oh, uh, sad kind of way. Um, I just can't get over that, like, that version of Jim Carrey was what made his career. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that version. Mm-hmm. And just, like, there was so much of that at the time. Yeah. Like, I had to get older to appreciate, uh, air quote, appreciate, like, Billy Madison. But again, that was the same thing. That was Adam Sandler doing a fucking idiot. Yeah. 
character as well. And yeah, this version especially the lisp, the did I'm sorry, did none of the medieval times at all? It didn't even make you chuckle, huh? Caitlin? Yeah. Hello, Clarice. This is the fastest I've ever watched a 90-minute movie. <laughs> because I don't know if you know this, but Prime Video on your tablet yeah. lets you skip 10 seconds no, at a time. No, didn't skip Just going it. like this. <laughs> no. So there's a lot of... I'm making a flicking motion, friends. There's a lot of... No. There's a lot of flicking. Oh, that's really that this is a, this is a section. Tough thing. And I watched, that, I watched that whole section. And... I also just, I couldn't buy the, and I get the, why do you need to buy anything in this movie? Oh, it's not. God, no. Suspension of disbelief is, you know, the bare minimum when you walk in. But the, was free cable really that powerful a bargaining chip back Absolutely. then? Absolutely. I don't know. Maybe just because I grew up with it and, you know, never had to, like, pay for it myself. But I don't know that. They're going to let us fight to the death <laughs> at medieval times because I give all the knights free cable. It's just so good. <laughs> it's like, word? Oh. It's like because there was a Star Trek riff on it. <laughs> and I was 11. <laughs> you like Star Trek then, too? Yes, I did. Yeah, just... It's bad, y'all. Oh, it's bad. It's so bad. It's a bad movie. And yeah. I know... I know... I think there's a certain, to a certain degree, people are trying to rescue this movie. Are they? I think a bit, yeah. I think oh. there's like a, I think there's a bit of a, some people are trying to like enshrine it in cult classicness. No, and, no, 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 no. You need to let that one go. Oh, you got to set that on fire. You got to watch Switchblade Sisters instead. Like you got to go get Switchblade. Put it, put it on like a Viking death boat and <laughs> send it out into a, a large lake. Burn it. <laughs> light it on fire. Kick it off the shore and let it float out into the lake. Yeah. 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 It's a bad movie. So I'm not going to say everyone involved should like be ashamed and take their name off no, of it, but like, no. and also did not know this. It's where Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann met. Oh, I did not know that. Leslie Mann plays the, that is her name, right? Yes. Yes. Leslie, Leslie Mann. Mann plays, plays Robin, the girlfriend. That's where her and Judd Apatow met. That's really nice. About the last, last celebrity couple still standing in the world. So shouts to them. And on that note, it's a four. It's a four. It's a four. Oh, there wasn't even any hate watching in there. There was hate, <coughs> but not that like fun hate watching. Oh, okay. It was weird. It was two different types of hate watching. Like I, I was watching you was rewatching UHF, just kind of mortified. Yeah. And then watching this, just kind of angry <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Just, just, oh, we wouldn't know it was a scowl because you always look that way. But <laughs> <laughs> dare you? Just like yeah, like, this this is bad. Yeah. This is garbage. It's really bad. I'm now I'm now worried about my last, my final your choice. Final, your final picks? But, you, got, you got two more. I know. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do for the next one. No. I got, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to use your cues, but when we talked about the very last one. Because <laughs> I unloaded them all on Kate. Yeah. I was like, Bruh, This is you what you're getting. Here's all of them. But I know what the very last one is going to be <laughs> because I, I love watching this movie because it's so bad. Uh-oh. But I feel like... I feel like Jordan will just hate it again, but that's part of part of Listen, this, this month. Co- <laughs> it's an experiment. Yes, we're committed to the bit. So November Crapathon will roll on next week. If you have any comments about November Crapathon, if you'd like to take me to task for my opinions on the Cable Guy, if you're one of the people who are trying to rescue this movie and enshrine it in cult classic dome, well, then you need to get on a Viking boat and set yourself <laughs> you need on to, fire. You need to get on an adjacent Viking boat. <laughs> You can get us on all of the socials at Geek Down Pod, primarily Twitter. Get above Twitter. If you want to reply, that's the best 
Yeah. What's <laughs> the best I way mean, to do it? I mean, if you post something on Facebook, we'll, we'll try and get to it. Oh, Misha posted something on Facebook. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Celebrating the Idris Elba announcement. Also, sidebar, officially the sexiest man alive. Yes, which I thought that had happened a long time ago because <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> way, to, way to get on board, People Magazine. People have, speaking of the culture passing us by. Jeez. Been knowing. Now, now we're creating the culture. You and Victoria's Secret need to get with the times. Been knowing he's the sexiest man alive. Big, shouts to Big Driss, as always. Yeah. Patron saying of the podcast. All of the socials, we exist there. We'll be back next week for another fantastic episode of November Crapathon. I'm so excited. So excited. My name's Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will have you listen to us next week. my hate on the microphone what, what do we already know <laughs> put my hate what, on the microphone. what do we know you know that it's gonna be some fucking terrible ballad about like missing a man so soldier can just come out and go like hey <laughs> i'm gonna get like two lines before the course maybe she'll get sick again that's it <laughs> jesus that's what you're thinking jordan know that face it's a hard grind in the k-pop world